Kia ora and welcome to Business Your Way, a podcast where I take you behind the scenes and look at the strategies, systems and support needed to grow and scale an online service business. One that not only supports you and your family financially, but one that gives you the freedom to live the life of your dreams. I'm taking the many lessons learnt over the last two decades of running my own business and working with hundreds of clients to bring you what's working now conversations. I'm pulling back the curtain to bring you real stories from real people, including myself. We're going to talk about everything from how to get clarity on your vision, creating systems so you can automate and delegate, how to hire a kick-ass team that creates raving, returning and referring clients. We're even going to talk about how to kick those limiting beliefs to the curb so that you can flourish in your business. I'm your host, Sandra Julian, an Indigenous mama of three, fashion-loving sewist and business strategist. Each week, I want to help you dream big, plan well and do the work to grow and scale your business your way. Hey Anna, thanks so much for joining us today on the Business Your Way podcast. Thanks Sandra for having me. I know that we have known each other for a long time. So when someone in the community reached out and said and will ask me this question of how do you create a business that is perfectly aligned to your talents? You were the first person that I thought of. I'm like, right, now I need to get Anna onto the podcast to talk about how we can create a business that is perfectly aligned to our talents and what comes naturally to us and what we are good at. So to kick us off, I'd love if you could introduce yourself to the listeners, who you are, who you serve, and what you do to make your moolah. (laughs) Well, hello, everyone. My name is Anna Nelson, and I live in the Midwest of the United States. And I'm an executive coach. I work with entrepreneurs and small business owners with um, whether they're solopreneurs or whether they have um, small teams to help them build a business around what they, the business owner, are really good at. And I think I just missed two of the questions that I was supposed to answer. (laughs) No, that's good. It's like, how do you make your moolah? You coach. So great. So. On an earlier episode where I attempted to answer this question in a number of ways, and one of those ways I referred to you and your story that you tell around going from a corporate finance job into a bra-making business into being a strengths coach. So, and I really didn't do the story any justice. So I'd really love for you to share with the listeners like your journey Mm. of really discovering your talents and that moment where you went, this this bra making thing, is I'm good at it, but actually it's not for me. Yes, I have had many uh, iterations of, uh, I've pursued many different iterations of uh, careers that I thought that I would like. And 
I think if anyone here has been like, I want to have my own business, I want to make money my own way, this is what I'm going to do, you might also be able to relate. But after college, I moved out to Boston and I was in, I worked in financial services and I really enjoyed certain aspects of my job, especially the client facing parts of my job that, and eventually I kind of grew my role just to fit myself and and to complement my the partners in the group that I was at. And I then I went on to pursue another dream which was to work for a well-known uh, outdoor clothing company and I quit my good paying financial services job. I got a job working in their retail store making very little money making hourly salary or not sal- it's not salary if it's hourly but an hourly rate let's say and i networked my way to the top and was offered a position at my dream company that i had always wanted to work at and i turned them down cuz i had taken me a year and a half to 2 years to get into the corporate headquarters and i had changed along the way i was like i knew a little bit more about myself i knew what i liked, what I didn't like. And I was like, I don't think this is for me. And so I said, no, got back into financial services, lost my job during the uh, financial recession back in 2009, 2010. So I was unemployed for 14 months. Then I got a job as a project manager in Minnesota. And again, aspects of that job that I liked. I love the client facing ones. And then I was like, you know, I've always sewed. So maybe I should become a clothing designer. So I took a nine week leave of absence from my job to become a certified professional bra maker. And so I know how to make bras. I can draft patterns. I can sew them. They are extremely, don't ever complain that a bra costs $50 or $80. That is cheap cheap, cheap. When you understand the engineering that goes into a female undergarment. And I, so I set up a tiny studio in my living room. I had women, not tons of women, but I had some women coming to my living room sewing studio and I would measure them and make a bra and I would make money off of that. And I, I knew what I wanted. I knew how to make this business happen. I knew it would be a lot of work. And I just, it got to the point where I was kind of dragging my feet. And one day someone called to be like, Hey, do you want to go out for coffee? And I was like, sure. And I had just told myself, you have to stay inside and work on this sewing project because you're getting paid for it and you have to get this done. And I, I dropped that project like a hot potato and off I went to go meet a friend for coffee. And I, that was when I was like, something is wrong. If I'm willing to stop, to drop everything that I have spent tons of time, money and effort on pursuing, if I'm willing to go meet someone for coffee in the middle of the afternoon. And that was, I spent a few years after that really kind of doing some soul searching into like, what is it that I love doing that I would want to see if I could create some sort of business for myself. And ultimately, I connected the dots with all of the client facing jobs that I had had, and realizing it's having one on one conversations with individuals. That's what I love doing. If you and I could talk for hours and hours today, like I could get the I could keep the conversation going forever. I love talking one on one with individuals and helping them 
move forward in their lives, work on their goals. And I also love helping them figure out what it is they're good at. So I have had my own coaching practice now for the last few years. And I also work during the day internally for an organization as an executive coach working for or working with business owners as well. So that's what I do. That's like a really long-winded way of saying I'm currently doing what I love. Are all aspects of my day-to-day awesome? No, because we all have to do things that we don't like doing, like reconciling my bank account. You know, I don't really care to do that, but it's a necessary part of business. But generally knowing that I figured out what it is I love doing, and now I figured out a way to, to make money doing that. What was the journey where you really started to dive into figuring out what your strengths are. You know, you did a bit of reflection of if I was prepared to drop that project and go for coffee, and I really enjoy having those one-on-one conversations, apart from that like self-realization, did you do anything else to help you kind of discover and bring these strengths to the fore? Yeah. So I, uh, I'm definitely very self-aware. And so there was definitely a lot of self-reflection. What do I like doing? Why do I like doing it? What do I like helping people with? That type of thing. Reading books, you know, when they're like, what are you passionate about? Like I did all of this learning. And then one day I was telling a friend, hey, I'm thinking of starting business where I help people with their goals. And she was like, have you heard of coaching? And I was like, no. So then I researched it. And then because I do this, I went all in and signed up for this coaching program. And it was in that coaching program that my mentor coach had me do a couple assessments. And one of them was the Clifton Strengths Assessment. And for the first time on a piece of paper, I could see all of these strengths that I had that I had never thought about in that particular way. And it's if you've never heard of Clifton Strengths, they are run by Gallup, G-A-L-L-U-P, and you can literally Google Gallup Clifton Strengths and you can take an assessment and then you get a report kicked back. But the powerful part was having someone review it with me. It wasn't just that I read it because I had taken it 10 years earlier when I was unemployed. So I'd heard of it and I'd taken it and I was like, I don't know what these results mean. And I just put it on a shelf. But having someone review those results with me was literally life-changing where I could see that what I was pursuing was actually what I was good at. And I tweaked things based on what I then learned about myself. And I know why I am a really good coach. So many people these days call themselves coaches and not everyone is certified and not everyone knows what makes them a good coach. I know what makes me a good coach. And it is really great to be like, no, this is literally my superpower that I'm doing, how I do my coaching, how I pursue it, how I show up for clients is very different than how you would show up for clients if you were also coaching, like even if we worked in the same company, right? So having an assessment that came at it from a point of view of strengths versus other assessments that they, this is how you think, or this is how, what your motivations are. There's not a lot of know that is actually helpful for someone to kind of create and, or craft a career or a business or a relationship around like, hey, this is what I'm really good at. So once someone has their you know assessment, well, before we go down that track, 
why don't you give us like an overview of the Clifton Strengths Assessment mm. and you know, once you've done your assessment, what are you looking at and what does it mean? And why don't you just like share with us what the results of an assessment are that you would get back? So if you pony up for the US dollar assessment, there are two assessments. You can pay $20, so you get your top five. It's very like if you and I had the same top five strengths, we would get the same kind of paragraph copy, the same types of verbiage. But if you pay $50, just an additional $30, you get a way more in-depth assessment, very specific to you. And so your first top five strengths, the if you and I both were maximizers, which that's my number one strength, the copy for maximizer for you and I is going to show up differently. The way we that strength shows up, which in my case, it maximizers take good things and make them better. And so the way I do it is dependent on the other strengths that come up underneath Maximizer. And so there are 34 talent themes that Gallup has, you know, discovered, let's say, and they you answer 177 questions in this assessment. And then once you're done, you get your results. And so your results are a different order of the 34 talent themes. And generally, your top 10 talent themes are the themes that you operate out of every single day and you cannot help it. I cannot help showing up to the different places or experiencing an event or going to a dinner party or whatever and thinking, well, this is where they could have improved, which can come off as judgmental and mean if you don't know how to control it. But when someone comes and says, hey, my life is great, but I want to take it to the next level, you better believe that strength shows up when I'm working one-on-one with that individual because that's what I do really well. So 34 talent themes and then those 34 talent themes fall into one of four buckets. There's the strategic thinking domain, relationship building domain, execution domain, and influencing domain. So strategic thinking, those individuals make sense. They're strategic thinkers. They are in their heads. They're connecting the dots. They have all these ideas. They're futuristic. They can see patterns and see a way out of chaos. They're Great. I mean, all of these things are great, right? Because there is no bad strength, which is what I also like about it. It's just, how are you using your strength for good or is it coming off going a little bit rogue, as I say? Execution, people who do things really, really, they, they get things done. They are like, I can't rest until I check these 10 things off of my list. I always have to be busy. They, they get things done in the way that strategic thinkers, they just want to sit and think which is really powerful and we need thinkers, but uh, people who do the execution, they actually get the stuff done that the strategic thinkers just wouldn't be able to do on their own. But the execution people, because it sounds like executioner, but that's not what I mean. (laughs) People get things done, need ideas. And they're the ones who can say, oh my goodness, that's a great idea. I can totally see how I could get this done. So that's how they could, that's how they would work well together. Relationship builders, really good with people. That's my number one domain, like really good connecting one-on-one with individuals. And that's how we get things done is building relationships. And then those with the influencing dominant themes, they get people to take action. They can get buy-in from people like think of politicians. And even me with my strengths, one of my strengths is woo, winning others over. And the way that strength shows up is if I'm having a one-on-one conversation with someone 
and they're not really sure about something, I'm win- I can win them over to the idea that now you have something amazing that no one else has and how I converse with them, they're buying into their, their own selves, right? And it's not manipulative, but that's just how I utilize it. And I mean, interesting, because when I did mine, my top five strengths were spread across all four domains. So my number one strength is Achiever, which is in the execution domain. But my number two strength is Realtor, which is in the relationship building. And then my number three strength is Strategic, which is the strategic thinking domain. And my number fourth is Maximizer, which is the influencer domain. So my top four strengths are spread across each one of these domains It wasn't until I got all my top 10 strengths that the other, you know, six of them were heavily influenced into the execution Mm. domain or executing domain. So like I just found that really fascinating how that worked, that I could have a spread across all of them, but then still fall into one. Which makes sense for your particular business. Like then when you look back, when you understand So this is what's cool about the strengths assessment. You take it, you see these results and you're like, this seems weird. I'm, I'm worried about this. Like I thought I was this, but this says I'm that. And so what I do as a coach is I help connect the dots with individuals to say, tell me how you see this strength showing up. And sometimes they can't even see it because they're so close to it. They have no idea. So as I get to know the person in front of me and I'm drawing information out about what is it that you love to do? What is it that you cannot handle doing? Who are your favorite types of clients? Like I'm going back I have the report in my hand and I'm connecting the dots with what they're telling me with the report in their hand. And that's when they start saying like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. So for you, I can see even high level why you have the type of business that you do, but those top other non-execution strengths contribute to how you are doing those things. Your strength as a relator, that means you can have long, deep, long-term relationships with individuals. So if you have colleagues in the industry that you have um, known for years, that's where that strength is showing up. If you have clients that you have worked with for years, that strength is showing up because you can have these deep long-term relationships with people. Even if you employ people and you really like the people that you work with, you will have really solid long-term relationships. And a lot of times people who are relators think of themselves more as an introvert, whereas one of my strengths, my t- one of my top three strengths is I'm an includer. So my strength, it's includer. And an includer wants to include everybody. So nobody's a stranger. Everyone's a friend. I can't have the same group of friends. I have the same group of friends, but mine, my group is huge. I don't have a ton of close or like not a ton, like, but six close friends. I do have some close friends, but I call clients friends because to me, I'm like, we had a connection. So we're a friend and that's not true. But that's how it comes off in in my world. So your strengths that are blending in with execution strengths means that you are showing up in your business very uniquely and how you run your business is very different than how I would run mine because of our different, the different order of strengths in our strengths set. So when I did this, 
I was like, okay, that's why I have an event management agency, because I like to do lots of different things. I like to be the strategic thinker, but then I also like to reverse engineer that into the actionable steps that people need to take to bring their vision to life. And I like to have that conversation with them and help them envision what they are telling me and draw the picture for them. Mm. So there's mm-hmm. that like futuristic element that's showing up because mm-hmm. I can see what they're trying to create. So they're having that conversation with me. They're saying all these things about what they want to be in their event and how they want this to be. And I'm I'm busy drawing actual pictures of uh-huh. what this event looks like what it will smell like when they walk in the door, what they'll see first, where they'll go next, what will happen on the stage, how their brand will be reflected. And I'm painting this picture, which is why futuristic comes into it. Mm -hmm. But the maximizer also shows up because I'm going to take the vision that they've got and I'm going to make it better. Yes. Yep. So once I got my like strengths assessment and we had that conversation, I'm like, No wonder I have the business that I have Mm. because I get to do all of these things. And this is the thing that I've stuck at for so long. So it really made sense to me of why I have let go of some of the things that I've done in business to actually land on this is my niche now. So that it was super valuable. So if someone has a business and they're like, ugh, like this is a drag and Mm -hmm. I'm bored with it, like they take the assessment, how do they then start to like read it if they weren't Mm -hmm. going to get, you know, if they were going to come to Anna and Anna's going to help them work through it, but what if they just got their assessment and like how do I start to read this? How do I relate this back? What kind of good questions should they be asking themselves? So for anytime I have have a client work with me, I have them take the assessment and then I have them print out a copy. And then I say, highlight anything and everything that you're like, this is totally me. And on the, if you do the full, all 34 results, it's pages three through 17 or three through 17, I think highlight anything and everything. And I tell them if you're highlighting everything, don't worry about it. Like that's, that's good because you, that's literally a written reflection basically of who you are. And then when I have a conversation with them, I always start off with what is it, especially if they're entrepreneurs, I always ask them, what type of business are you trying to build or are you building? So then they'll tell me a little bit about their business. And then I will ask them, what is it that you love the most in your business? And they'll tell me whatever. And then I flip it and and I keep asking like anything else, anything else. It's not just like, what do you love? I love helping my people. And then I move on. It is like a multi-minute hovering over that particular question. And then I'll ask, okay, what about the inverse? What can you what do you hate doing in your business if you that you just can't stand? And then that, of course, for a lot of people is almost the easiest thing for them to answer. And then we start going into the to the strengths report. And so now as we start going through the report, I start connecting the dots with 
this is what you said earlier. I'm curious if you see this strength showing up. So if you were to get the, take the strengths results or take the strengths report, do it. You can ask yourself the same questions and keep writing. What do you love? What do you love? Whether it has anything to do with your job or like your business or your personal life, because those who you are in your business is who you are at home. But sometimes your strengths will show up differently and start there and just see if you can connect the dots yourself and be excited. Like, oh my gosh, I am really good at this because this is a strengths report. This is not a weakness report. So when you can start to see, oh yeah, I really love working with clients who are go-getters. That's who I love working with. Okay. That makes sense. So now all of a sudden, if you're working with people who always feel like they're draining your energy and stuff, they're not good for your particular strengths combination. They're really good for someone else instead. And so you can start to look at your business and be like, what's pulling me down and see how can your strengths help you reframe how to get something done in your business that you don't like doing, but you can be like, because I have this particular strength, I can do it this way. Or if you have a team, just eliminate it and give it to someone else who actually loves doing that particular aspect. And that's what's so beneficial, right? That's why I loved working with business owners is one, it's like, how can you build a business around what you are good at, what you love doing? And then let's go down you need a team because you're not good at everything. So if you are really good at the execution side of things and painting visions for your clientele when they come in, who loves doing the numbers on the back end or figuring out the analytical part or maybe building relationships with a broader network of people to filter them into your business? Like You can come up with different ways of things that you need that you need help with. And then you actually specifically create job descriptions that are written in a way that someone would be like, yeah, that's totally me. I'd love to work there. But it's opposite of how you would work. So that's like a really long-winded, high-level way of uh, answering that question. I wanted to jump in here really quickly and ask you for a big favor. If you are loving this podcast and this episode, I would be grateful if you could share it with a friend. Or even better yet, jump over onto Instagram and share it on your stories. Don't forget to tag me, I'm sandrajulian.co. That really is the best way for others to find out about this podcast, and I thank you in advance. Alrighty, back to the episode. So let's dive into how we would use this in our business when we've got a small team. So, you know, if we're a solopreneur and we're like, well, who's my next hire? You're going to take your strengths assessment and you're going to hire someone who will come in and complement what you are not good at. So you keep the things that you are good at because you'll know your strengths assessment has highlighted what you are good at. Now you've got a list of things that you can delegate off. Now you can hire someone with those strengths who are going to complement yours. So we've got, what, what about those agencies who have a team they already have a team. It's not their first hire and they're not going to use this, you know, as their first hire. How do they use this tool to level up their team or strengthen their team? How would we go about that? So again, this is, if you weren't going to hire me to help you figure this out, I would say you have each individual take the assessment and obviously have parameters that says this is for us to figure out what everyone is good at, right? Like there's no, no one's getting fired over this report, but 
the advantages now, then you can kind of see. And like when I work with clients, I'll put everyone's strengths on a grid so people can see, oh, Sandra's really high in the execution themes and Anna's really high in relationship building. So now if you and I were a team, it's like, we really are a great team because our strengths are showing up differently in this business. And so if you're a business owner, let's say you have a team of like three, each person can take the assessment print up the results, have everyone do the, all of the things. And you could say in the context of your job, how do you see your this strength showing up? It doesn't have to be like I would do like in your life, where do you see this showing up? And And start seeing like, hey, is that person happy in their role? Are they doing things that they're not, not actually wired to do? But is there a hole, a gap somewhere else in the company that they are that they would be a better fit for. So it kind of gives you an opportunity to start rearranging people if needed, re just redo job descriptions or to encourage people like, no, you are really literally in the most perfect role for you right now. How cool that it has happened that way. And now how can you lean into your strengths? Because if you find out, like I had a client he was super good at strategic thinking, coming up with ideas. And he was always telling his team, like, we need to do this. We need to do that. We need, like, we all know those people, right? Who come in with all these ideas and you're like, dude, we just started in on the other 30 ideas. Well, like, what do you want? I met with his team. It was a team of, it was three of them at the time. And his two support staff, really wanted to do a good job for him. And as we reviewed their strengths, it was like, no, you're literally in the right role for you. Here's how you can feel confident that you're doing the right job for yourself in this business. And here's how you compliment the business owner. And then we had a team meeting where it was like, now the business owner can learn about the strengths of his team and the team can learn about the strengths about the business owner. And a few weeks later, his team had come up with an idea a product idea where he could use the strategic thinking and ideation skills externally and charge for it versus him looking internally and causing chaos internally for a business that was already doing well and didn't need to be tweaked in the way that he kept thinking it needed to be tweaked. So everyone felt more confident in what they were doing. Everyone then understood the strengths of everyone. And then they started utilizing those strengths productively, internally in the business, and then externally as well. That's so good. What happens? I mean, and have you come across this? What happens when someone just realizes they're in the wrong job? Like that would bring up a few fears for the business owner. Mm. Like if I get my team to do this and then we're only a small team and maybe two of them realize that they're in the wrong job and they they leave because of it. Like that's going to leave me high and dry and how am I going to continue on with the business? So this practice could bring up more fears for the business owner than anything else. Like, have you come across that before? I would say to that... I would say if people are unhappy, people know about it, right? Because I've been in jobs where it's like, oh, that wasn't a surprise that that person left, or it wasn't a surprise if I decided to leave. Because I think unhappiness shows up, right? And how, quote, well you do your job, or are you slacking off? Are you showing up late? Like, I think there are other behaviors that kind of show up. So I, I almost think like, 
you're doing yourself and the other person a favor. And again, this isn't like you're bad at these things. It's more like, you know what? The things that you're good at, if let's say you had to transition someone out, it's not because they're bad. It's just that the position doesn't let their strengths shine in the way that you as a business owner would want and that they would want, right? So in a way, you're doing them a favor, but maybe you could put them in a different type of position or create a different role that you never even thought about because you're like, I'm sitting on a gold mine right now with this person and I'm not doing anything with it, right? Like you could switch them out. And so, yes, let's say in this fake scenario, two people ended up leaving. How can you do it so that you're not left high and dry? They're not left high and dry. They feel good about it. Maybe you know people where their particular strengths would shine and you can help them get a job. Or maybe, you know, there. I think there are a lot of scenarios, but I think anytime, it's like me with all of my other jobs. I wasn't, there were parts of my jobs that I liked, but I was not happy mm-hmm. all of the time in that job, right? And so it was better for me to keep kind of pursuing my dreams of having my own business where I made all this money helping people. I just didn't know how. And now I know how. And so I know if I was, you know, if I was looking for jobs, if I was 22 again, knowing what I now know, I would be very, I I would pursue my job search very, very differently because I know I'm good at having one-on-one conversations. What business needs someone who's good at one-on-one conversations, right? Like there are so many positives that come out of knowing what you're good at and learning how to communicate that to others, if you're a job seeker, to yourself as a human, if you're a business owner and you want to be a great leader, if you're a business owner and you have a team and you want to work well with others, you want them to work well with others. Like there's so many positives and the amount of conversations I've had where people like at the end, they just kind of sit there at the end of the conversation and they're kind of in awe, like. I didn't know that I was really good at this. And they're seeing themselves in a different light. That's extremely powerful and life-changing. Yeah. And I can see how that would help a business owner get really clear about the business that they're building. Because they could be doing all of the things in order to attract clients and make money, but only half of the things are things that they enjoy. So Mm. if they shed everything that they don't enjoy and just go all in on the things that they are good at, they're going to build their business even stronger and they're going to come at it with a passion and that energy is going to radiate and then attract the clients that want what they've got. Yeah, and I think it also speaks to when you don't really know what to do, you kind of, especially if you're like trying to come up with ideas or product ideas or whatever, it's like, it's easy to look at someone else who's a success. You're like, oh, I'll copy that business or I'll take pieces of that business or that business because that's working really well for them. So maybe it'll work well for me. And when you know what it is you specifically are good at, you will focus on that and you no longer have to look at someone else for ideas. Uh, I mean, you can obviously, but but you don't have to compare yourself. Like you can, you build a a business that works for you based on decisions that you can make in great ways because you know more about yourself. If you're like, 
because of my includer strength, it wouldn't work for me to work with the same like five clients like permanently. I would be <laughs> so bored out of my mind. I need to talk to a lot of people. And that's good for me to know. But if you were like, I like putting on five specific events per year and I want each one to get better each time I do it, you know what? You probably could do that, but that is because of how you are wired. And that's awesome for your business. And that means it's awesome for my business. And so that's what I think is also great. You don't, you no longer have to compare, although it's still easy to compare, but you feel a lot more confident in why you're making a decision when someone else is making a decision and they're like, why don't you join the bandwagon? And you're like, because that's not, I, it's not in my wheelhouse. I'm not going to do it. Mm, the power to say no. Yeah, right. Like right. that is such a, a great power too, is when you know what you're good at, you can say no, which opens up that space to say yes for the opportunities where you're going to allow your strengths to flourish. So, so good. Anna, this has been really insightful, very enlightening, you know, and hopefully my listeners can see by doing the Clifton Strengths Assessment, all the positives that can come out of it and how they can hone down their, their niche in their business, how they can let go of services that are draining them and do more of what lights them up, how it can show up in their personal life and in their other relationships. It's been super valuable. So if people want to reach out to you and maybe have you review their Strengths Assessment or, you know, just follow along on social media for more tips on on really how to lean into your strengths to grow your business. Where do people come find you? Sure. You can come find me on my website, AnnaYNelson.com, A-N-N-A, the letter Y, N-E-L-S-O-N.com, or Instagram at AnnaYNelson, LinkedIn at AnnaYNelson, Facebook <laughs> at AnnaYNelson. Uh, I'm more on Instagram and LinkedIn than Facebook for sure. And then I love connecting one-on-one with people. So if you connect with me via my website, I would be very excited and honored to have a brief conversation with what's going on in your life, how you want to maximize your strengths in your life or your business and how we can work together. So definitely reach out. I literally love hearing from people. So you would make my day. If you were remotely interested, just reach out because I would love to connect with you. Perfect. And Anna is just the most easiest person to talk to. Like we were in the same program during the pandemic, like 2020, like three years ago. And you and I still connect and chat, maybe not regularly, but it's like, oh, I haven't heard from Anna. And then I'll just reach out to you and go, hey, Anna, how's, how's married life? Or how's the, you know, how's this going? Or how's that going? And literally have a few conversations and then maybe we won't talk again for another month or two in there. (laughs) So truly, Anna is the most easiest person to chat with and yeah, reach out to her, get some assistance with your strengths and do what you love and create a business that you're most passionate about. So Anna, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for sharing all of your knowledge and goodness. And yeah, Everyone can come, reach out, say hi, and connect. 
Thank you so much for having me, Sandra. And if you're listening to this, like you literally are good at something that no one else is good at. And when you understand that particular quote, superpower, your life will change literally. Thanks, Anna. Before you go today, I wanted to say thank you for being here and listening all the way to the end. All of the links to this week's episode can be found in the show notes. Or if you like to read a really good blog, then you can head over to my website at sandrajulian.co forward slash podcast. Now you've probably realized that running a business is not for the faint hearted. There are challenges coming at you left, right and center every day. But I'm here to tell you that challenges are only challenges because you haven't yet found an answer to them. The solution could actually be easier than you may think. But if you're anything like me, you tend to overthink or overanalyze the solution that is right in front of you. So what do you have to do to become the best boss you could possibly be? Well, you could go and take my two-minute free agency owner persona quiz at sandrajulian.co forward slash quiz. Here you'll find out how you can scale and streamline your business without compromising you and your lifestyle. I can't wait to know what your results are. So once you've done the quiz, why don't you take a screenshot, jump over to Instagram, share it on your stories, and don't forget to tag me. I'm at sandrajulian.co. If you've enjoyed today's episode, make sure that you hit the subscribe button to get notified of the new episodes as soon as they're released. And if you listen on Spotify or the Apple Podcast app, then I'd really appreciate if you could rate the show and perhaps leave a quick review if you are on the Apple app. Those five stars would mean the world to me and it would help get this show in the ears of more online service business owners. Alrighty, my friend, have the most productive week and I will talk to you again real soon.